With millions of shoppers hunting for deals, it's the perfect time to increase your average order value. Bold has a great way to do this by offering your customers bulk discounts and tiered pricing with their Quantity Breaks app. Here's how it works. The app displays a grid on the product page of the quantity of an item they need to buy, what the price breaks are at each level. Say you want to offer buy 5, get 10% off, buy 10, get 20% off, etc. Then when your customers add the products to the cart, it automatically adjusts the price and even shows them a neat little notification bar in the checkout of how much they saved by buying in bulk. When we've used this in client stores, it pretty much prints money. Now, the Bold Quantity Breaks app is hands down the easiest way to add tiered pricing to your store. And the best part, you can add the Bold Quantity Breaks app to your store free for 30 days, yes, a month, four weeks, by visiting boldcommerce.com or searching Bold Quantity Breaks in the Shopify app store. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily, and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, Offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them. They are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com slash unofficial. That's seomanager.com slash unofficial. Hello and welcome back to the Unofficial Shopify Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. I hope you had... A fantastic 2018. I hope your hand is sore from counting up all your money from these Black Friday, Cyber Monday holiday sales. And I wanted to, as we go into the new year, go over a, a couple milestones for the podcast. We're at 800,000 downloads. Thank you. We could not have done it without you, which means this is what I'm really excited for. In 2019, we will hit a million downloads. So excited. I went and had business cards made that say downloaded 1 million times or 1 million downloads, something to that effect. And I can't use them till we get to 1 million. So do me a favor so I can use my new business cards. You got to tell a friend about the unofficial Shopify podcast. It is the least you could do to help an entrepreneurial friend going into 2019. Uh, also, today on the show, very special episode recording with me is the producer of the show, my business partner, longtime friend, and guest at my wedding, Paul Anthony Rita, how you doing, sir? I don't. The middle name makes me feel weird. I don't like the middle name. Okay, you're just Paul Rita then. Yeah, that's fine. Hello, also, Paul Rita. Also, I was a groomsman at your wedding, so I was better than a guest. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> I could only think of best man and guest, so we went with guest. Oh, yeah. Thanks for downgrading me. All right. First and most important question that's on listeners' minds, what's it like being my work wife? Very annoying. 
Why am uh, I annoying? You talk constantly. That's my job. I have to hear your podcasts. Yep. I got to hear your business calls. I got to hear your jibber jabber about your family. It's just constant interruptions. And I assume that you're also, this is all while you're editing the podcast. Yeah. Well, I can't edit the podcast while you're on a call or doing a different podcast because it drives me insane. <laughs> but yeah, I pretty much get about a week's worth of work done anytime you're out of town because there's no one here to bother me. Okay. <laughs> so when you say a week's worth of work, what is it you do here exactly? <laughs> Take half your money. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I edit the podcast. I do uh, pretty much almost all the front-end development here. I invent new shenanigans that we do, like problem-solving, like, hey, uh, invent a new way for people to do crowdfunding on a Shopify store, and we figured out how to do that. Uh, pretty much anything you ask me to. So I'd say you're, uh, for the client services, for Shopify merchants, your primary activities are doing front-end development, so theme work, theme customizations, theme development, mm -hmm. and managing contractors who would be doing theme development, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So with the, and you, uh, how long have you been here, sir? <sighs> was it 2011? So, yeah, could, yeah, it might be, tw yeah, okay, no, nah, well, let's go with 2011. 2011, 2010 maybe. And you're the, uh, a very early project you did was the very first Shopify store we built. Yeah, AmlingCycle.com. Yeah, we built the theme. I didn't know what Shopify was exactly or what it entailed. So my first thing I ever did for Shopify was write an entire theme from scratch. And that actually, that theme is what got us noticed, got us into the Shopify, the then very early Shopify Experts program. So the point being, you have a lot of experience developing themes on Shopify, mm -hmm. closing in on a decade now. So... In that, I want to know, this year, in in general, in your experience, what is the biggest mistake you see Shopify merchants making with their themes? Uh, in my opinion, the biggest mistake is what they end up creating is what I call Jenga Tower themes, which is they have these obsessive ideas because merchants just, all they care about is their store. Their whole life is their store. As it should be. The, as it should be, but maybe not because... <laughs> They stare at the store for 12 hours a day, sometimes looking and seeing like, oh, there's 37 users on the store right now. Five of them just added something to cart. And it's like anytime you stare at something that closely on such an atomic level, it will drive you insane. And you, you just, won't see it coming. You won't see it. You just you don't you can't see the bigger picture. You just become obsessed with a bunch of tiny niggling little things that aren't a big deal. But then, but you're obsessed with them, so you got to fix them or change them or alter them in some way. So that ends up creating a Jenga Tower theme where you just make like constantly are making little tweaks and little changes, and it eventually reaches the point where there are so many little hacks and little changes that have happened that your theme can't be updated anymore. New changes end up ruining. Uh, new changes end up breaking old changes, so you got to figure it out. It just becomes this giant sunk cost thing where you like you ruined it. It was doing fine, and then you poked it, and then it died. You're I like you're like the giant Warner Brothers monster just petting Bugs Bunny to the point where you snap <laughs> its neck. Okay, yeah. that's actually that's a good analogy. So let's unpack it. What's going on here that results in the the Jenga Tower is functionally obsessive poking. Yeah, just so it's stop obsessive poking, poking at it. So if you've got a you've you've got a store and you're like why does it this do well I know it could do better the net the end 
the easiest thing to do is go through the app store and find a bunch of apps, try and think up optimizations endlessly. Oh, God. And it creates, it, it could be problematic. So um, aside from being mindful and avoiding that kind of behavior, there's still going to be times where you're like, oh, that app looks really cool. I want to try that. Or like Kurt recommended this on a podcast. I want to try this and that. Mm-hmm. How do they avoid then, aside from you know being mindful of not obsessive poking and snapping the bunny's neck, <laughs> how do they avoid building the Jenga Tower theme? I don't know. Leave it alone? <laughs> Worry about, you I can't mean, leave it alone. I mean, it's sort of like if it, yeah, all you need is like, I don't know, maybe give yourself like a rule that you're not allowed to change anything. You're only allowed to change something like once every three months or like once every six months. Because when you change something, you need enough data and enough time to see whether that change actually did anything. And I mean, there's so many other exterior things that aren't necessarily the theme that could be affecting your store, yes. your prices, your advertising, you the know, season. the season, you know, the way the product photos look, the way your product mixes it's it, but they all keep coming back to the theme because that's like something tangible that they can really mess with and it's like that's not it makes now ultimately the, the 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 quality of the traffic so your marketing yeah is going to have the biggest impact on conversion rate um your offer like we've some of the most impressive stores we've seen uh the ones that are doing eight figures are also some of the ugliest oh yeah like it really it, the the quality of traffic, the product, the offer, that the reputation is all miles more important than design. So I, I think it's there's an they're putting too much importance on design, and it's just a really easy way to feel productive. Yeah, it's seductive. Like we're we're working with a store right now that is not responsive. Was last touched in any way probably about eight years ago. Seven years ago. Seven years ago. Not responsive. Does not work on phones. If you look at it on your phone, you're fucked. It's not going to work well at all. And that store does $800,000 a year and, without Facebook ads. And the and, reason it does so well is the focus was on the product mix, the navigation, which was constantly updated, so it's all up to date, um, and the uh, the uh, the funnel, the marketing source, it was uh, Google product ads to drive it. Mm-hmm. And that was infinitely more important than anything else we could do. And now we're moving to Shopify and it'll be responsive and nice. So I can't, it will be interesting to see. It's like, all right, if you took an eight-year-old non-responsive kind of ugly site and moved it to a super nice theme yeah. that's responsive and fast and on Shopify, what's that going to do? And I, our hope is honestly that it doubles. Yeah, I would, I if it doubled, I wouldn't be like, oh, wow, it doubled. I don't believe it. Like, I'd be like, yeah, I could see it doubling. Like, it would. It, I wouldn't go wild if it doubled. So I think going... Working, unpacking that all the way, I think two things are happening. One, there's just they're, they're merchants over-prioritize design, and it's not that design isn't important. It's that it's less important than other things. It's really seductive and easy to just fiddle with it because mm-hmm. it's fun. Design is cool. It's fun. That's why we love it. Well, yeah. And then third, um, I think the, the way out of it is to be mindful of it, but also to have, like, try and tie everything back to some data point. Be like, all right, of the metrics on my store, man, my add-to-cart rate is kind of concerning, Maybe there's a way around that. Let's start working on that. And then you have a thing to tie it back to to know, was that change worthwhile? Did it do anything? Yeah, I mean, for, for that example, if your add-to-cart rate is concerning, it's like if it is an on-store, like that's not a physical problem because it's a website, but if it's like a, a problem with the way the store looks or works, that could probably be knocked down or figured out within 24 to 48 hours. You could figure out what the exact issue is with that. A 
harder issue is, well, my add to cart rate stinks because my marketing's bad or because I can't, my price is too high, but I can't lower my price because my systems don't allow me to charge a lower price. Like those are much tougher problems to solve and are more likely the cause of the problem. So who do you think is, who is killing it in e-commerce design? What is, like, what's a story you've looked at and you're like, damn, I wish I did that. I don't know. You know, I ask you that because people often ask me that, and I'm like, I don't know, because I see so many so often. There's no one store well, that I'm like, that's the one, yeah. Because it's just, I mean, I don't mean to sound too jaded, but I'm, it's sort of just like I see a bunch of shitty garbage stores that make a shit ton of money, Yep. and I see gorgeous, well-designed stores where everything is very fancy and has a little animation on it. It's all cute and all this other stuff, and that store doesn't do shit, doesn't sell, any, doesn't sell anything at all. I think that that's the dark truth of design is you cannot look at a store and go, wow, that's that's a $50,000 design. They must print money. I wish my store looked like that. You can't design your way to success. You so can't. Oh, I'm writing that down. I think I want to use that as the title. You can't design your way to success. That is- I mean, you can kill yourself with design. You could have a horrible design that ruins your revenue. Yes. But you can't, you can't throw a bunch of money at design and then be successful. You can 100% be successful in spite of the design. Yeah. But not the other way around. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> the other one, the first one is true for sure. That one, you can't think of one good store where you're like, yeah, that's good. Well, I can think of a store. I can think of stores I made. Like I'm extremely, I'm extremely proud of Tactical Baby Gear in Sand it's so Valley. Good. Yes, Tactical Baby Gear is great. Sand Valley's new. That just launched. That's Sand good. Valley, yeah, it's a it's a big golf course in Wisconsin. That's very nice and clean. And Tactical Baby Gear make, is very successful. And I think both of those are built on our custom theme framework that I prototyped out this year, and that we've been trying to push on people. But it's hard because there's no I don't know. Maybe it doesn't have like a proven track record of success yet. So store well, owners are not necessarily. That it, that's an interesting thing that happened years ago. Yeah. You couldn't get people who are like, well, who said, well, I'm serious, I'm going to invest in design, would not use an off-the-shelf theme. That's an interesting thing. Now, everybody goes straight to an off-the-shelf theme. They're, like The prejudice against uh, Shopify premium themes no longer exists. And that, I think, that has been an interesting shift in design that I think happened really in the last like two years where they proved themselves. Um, well, I think I, that's cool. Well, and I think it's because, I mean, how much does Turbo cost? Almost three hundred bucks. Turbo costs two hundred eighty. Turbo costs three hundred dollars. Let's say a custom theme could be fifteen thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars easily. Easily, not crazy at all. And in no universe are those themes, you know, ten times better than Turbo. That's not. you're right. The other thing is the premium themes really caught up in terms of features, where it's like they they in the past it was like usually it was like all right we have this special design need some special features, some special layout. It's like, oh, you may as well just do a custom theme. That doesn't exist anymore. It's like they, they do so much now. And conversely, the other problem is with the custom themes, even with our own, is you'll never have the sheer number of fiddly bits that the premium theme has. But yeah. ah, that brings up an interesting point. In themes, often uh, a merchant says, yeah, I, we want to be able to manage it ourselves. So can you build me theme settings for that? Can you make it so I could do it? Yeah, sure. And we even send a screencast. Do they do it? No, they never do it. No, that- they always call us and ask us to do it. And it's like, okay, well, I'll just use the special GUI tool yeah. that I built for you like, to okay, do it myself. Yeah. Now, I could do it faster as well now, too. Yeah. I, that one I don't have an explanation for. Other than it's like, well, we just don't want to break it. Well, it's like they got to learn. They 
have to learn how to do it. And, and you know, it's scary anytime you're working with a new system. And obviously to them, it's a mission critical system. It's yep. their online store. So it's like, you know, it's like your parents when you first got a computer in the 90s. They were like, oh, what did I do? And it's like, you didn't, <laughs> you can't make the computer go on fire. Like, it's impossible. Well, that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> okay. In, as you have seen design changing, what do you think... Are there any trends you noticed in 2018 or like new trends you think are gonna we're gonna see in 2019? Uh geez, I don't know. I think well, design wise, the thing I've noticed is where the the cool look is a pastel, solid pastel background, solid color pastel background, a like chunky humanist serif font that's reminiscent of the 70s, and then um like product photo or just like person cut out on that color background. And it's when I describe it like that, it sounds crazy. But like Hershey's commercials, you'll see this design um, on uh, RX bar, those cookie, those like bus ads for RX bars, that design. You'll Now that I've pointed it out, you'll start seeing it. I, I can guarantee you I won't <laughs> because this is where you and I fundamentally differ and some of our arguments designy designer. Yeah. Our arguments occur around this. Whereas you're like designy designer, we got to do this. We got to, you know, the client wants this thing, you know, make it look a little nicer. And I'm very much in the camp of anything that is not actively like, here is the thing you're buying. Click this one thing to buy the thing that you're here to buy. Now get the hell out of here. After you buy the thing, I am extremely against that. I'm about spare, pushing them down the conveyor belt, get them to sign on the line, which is dotted and make your fucking sale and get out. And there's arguments for both sides. Well, but yeah, I'm all about clean and you know, everything's got to have a reason and there's no reason for, (laughs) I can't justify a reason for that stuff. Well, I think everything you're right. And I have said that before is if in conversion rate optimization, look at the page, what is the page's primary job? Now look at all the elements on it. Do those, does each of those elements serve that primary job? No, then get rid of it. And uh, talking to Ezra Firestone about some of the success they saw with their, their giant, um, I think it was $700,000 holiday sale for um, Boom by Cindy Joseph. Boom by Cindy Joseph. They, um, they, especially on mobile, went with like much sparser pages and their landing op- pages and opt-ins were really stripped down and they had much better success with that. This was not always the case. Um, that that worked better, but that seems to be the trend now, especially on mobile. People just like get in and out. Well, and I think that's that's another like message I want to push out to store owners is that store owners I feel like are always, always, always only looking at their store and desktop, especially like widescreen full desktop. They're like, it looks a little weird when my browser's two thousand pixels wide, I know. and it's like, guess what, buddy? No one's looking at it like that. But you know, we have stores. A store with a low mobile rate is maybe 75%. That would be low now. Is 75% of its users are on their phones. That's low. We have stores in the 90% on their phones. Oh, yeah. So, like, this whole thing where it's like, we need big images, and it doesn't look right like this, and it doesn't look right like that, and, you know, it's got to convey all these ideas. It's almost kind of like, dude, 90% of the people on your store will never, ever see that, and you're like, I guess in some ways it's good because the store owners ignoring all of that portion of their audience base allows me to really strip it down and make it good on phones because I don't have the store owner kind of like hovering over me and like nitpicking on it. Well, and that's where we use. (laughs) Which is what we get on desktop. Like it's easy for me to go, yeah, just get rid of that stuff. No one cares about it anyway. 
but it's hard for them because it's like, well, we we built, we invested it. It's good content. There's like an emotional attachment there, and that's where we have to be pragmatic. And I use scroll maps. Well, yeah. we use heat maps and scroll maps to be like, okay. So I rephrase it like, I think no one's looking at this, and I'm like, re- realistically, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Mm-hmm. And heat map, scroll map it. Aha! I could show with data. No one is looking at this. Yeah, it's now like, we can get rid of it and feel comfortable about it, it. It's another thing with the store owners. The store owner myopia is that they're just they're looking at it all day, so they care about literally every single aspect, and you know they want a store that that they could be proud of and all that sort of stuff. Whereas we are soulless. Pragmatic. We are soulless, horrible mercenaries that are just like, all right, we're going to this store. Let's get it to make more money. Great, we're doing it. We don't care. Like, make more money now. Yeah. And, like, they, there's, well, and I, a, there's I, a clash yeah, there. Yeah. I'm not the one who built the thing initially, too. Like, we're often cut, brought in after the fact. And then it's like, all right, well, you know, I have no emotional attachment to it. Yeah. There's no sentimentality there. I'm like, all right, get rid of this, 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 and this. They're like, well, like, okay, let's heat map it, scroll map it, and find out. Yeah. And then, okay, that a lot of a lot of consulting in any industry, I think, is just giving people permission to do things. And I think getting, like it's like getting people's permission to do things because it's yeah. like we need to convince. It's like and I think it's just convincing someone that it's not an arbitrary decision. Oh yeah, and every like, and when you have things that are data backed, it makes it so much easier to go. Yeah, yeah, and really like if you like when we could go like, wow, that person's a great client. They're easy to deal with. It's the people who just go. If you say that's what we should do, you clearly know more than me. Go do it. And there are those people, but we just, like we don't talk about those because it's just an easy relationship. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like uh, it's like Sand Valley. It's like this again. I go back to the Sand Valley store, which I love so much. Um, it's like my design aesthetic, and like I built it. And it's also like a framework, so it's easily adaptable to add more things onto it. But just doing a base install of our tactical theme like that, uh, Sand Valley is not going to blow your mind. It's not going to blow your doors off with these amazing designs and all this other content and all this sort of stuff. It's just here's the products we have. It sells them to you quickly and very easily, and the conversion rate on that store is like twice what other golf-related stores that we've worked on. Yeah, no, and it's a new store, and really it did phenomenally well by just being clean and functional, and the advantage to that is it's so easy to use. There's no, it's like, where do I click on? You don't get into those problems. There's no questions of what to click on. You know what everything does. Load times are incredibly short and fast. Again, phones, load times. You gotta care about load times and image sizes. But People don't. Okay. Because it doesn't make them look nice. We talked to me. That brings us into performance. What is the deal with performance? This is the email I get. Is like, I ran my site through X testing tool, and it'll be like PageSpeed Insights or one of these other garbage ones, and I straight up, I hate them. They're garbage. Because they're not really testing load time or speed in a meaningful way. Like, just load it on your phone and see how long it takes, right? Yeah. They're And, like, they're testing it against... Um, a really just like a list of best practices that a Google engineer thought of in a fever dream. Yeah. Like, how does that help me? And a lot of times they don't even make sense. It'll be like, well, you're loading stuff from a CDN. Yeah, because on Shopify, it's a global platform. A CDN makes it faster. It makes sense. But you'll get minus points on your score. Yeah. So you could do one of two things. You could build your site to be functionally fast, or you could build it to perform well on a test. Yeah, it's essentially, yeah, you test well on standardized tests, but your grades are actually terrible. All right, so... With Shopify stores, then, in reality, in your experience, what is the thing that causes performance issues? The two main problems are two things. One, too many apps, because a lot of these app developers, let's get honest, are a little bit lazy, and they're all working 
on their own independent things. So they go to themselves, oh, well, I have my special app, so I got to write a bunch of stuff from scratch and I got to call my own jQuery because I don't know what version of jQuery this store has. So you just keep loading these different external scripts off of the app store's uh, hosting provider and all this other stuff that each individual app needs. So it's just all this extra stuff over and over again that's just constantly running in the background of your store. So then the, so my issue, all right, if I install apps, I there is a performance hit to loading apps. Yep. Then when I go to uninstall the app, what happens? Uh, so Shopify, uh, and I understand why they did this, the moment you click uninstall on an app, that app's access to your store is immediately cut off. And the reason they did that is because, you know, they don't want jerky apps, app developers to be like, oh, you're going to uninstall my app? Screw you. I'm going to mess with your store or do something bad to you. Um, so it's to prevent that. But unfortunately, what that also does is the app can't remove its code from your store. Because you clicked uninstall, the app was immediately cut off. So the app can't go, oh, you want to un uninstall me? Let me get all my crap out of there so I don't screw up your store anymore. And it's just sitting there. It just sits there forever. Yeah. So that that creates this new issue where you've got, it, the more apps you install and uninstall, your theme becomes spaghetti code. Yeah. So not only, like, it's slower, um, it slows it down, because it's even if the code's not running, it still has to load it. Um, it could create, the more apps you have in libraries could create conflicts with other apps. So the, the lesson is, you need to be careful with apps. So you can request the, if someone, like, we have three apps. If someone emails me, he goes, hey, could you remove the code for this app? The answer is yes, of course. Uh, so when you uninstall an app, you can ask the theme developer or the app developer, hey, can you make sure to remove all the code from this? Or if you're just testing an app, duplicate your theme, install the app, and then decide quickly if you want it or not. And if you don't, then just you publish the pre-version, the app, the version of the theme that didn't have the app in it. Ah, now you should not really save yourself on these issues. Uh, and my and the other the other main one is images is the, is the load time problem and uh, this is one of my main turbo pet peeves is that there's a thing in shop so there's a thing in Shopify that you can specify in the theme what type of image it loads a JPEG or a ping and Turbo does not use that so if the store owner uploads product photos big hero images as pings it keeps them in that way. And the difference between JPEG and ping is ping is lossless. A lossless image type, it's best for graphics, like something you would create in Photoshop or in a graphic editing program. It's good for text and logos and that sort of stuff. JPEG images are smaller in size, but those are for like photos of things, of things that exist in the real world. That's what JPEG is best for. So your product photos, photos of people, photos of places. Um, and ping is much better for graphics. The problem is, is that for some, I don't know how these store owners end up doing it. They end up getting all these photos, product photos that are pings, putting them in as pings. So they're gigantic. They're like a couple megs each I've seen on stores. I've oh, seen yeah. stores with like 30 meg homepages. The same image as JPEG versus ping will be 10 times the oh, size. Yeah. Up I mean, to 20 times Yeah, the a size. one meg image that's a ping is could be 30K as a JPEG but easily. Which would be less than one twentieth the yeah, size. Yeah, yeah. It's For like twenty times no kilobytes. Twenty times bigger. Sorry, uh, but yeah. And so uh, I actually yelled at one of the out of the sandbox developers about this at Unite last year, <laughs> and he maintained that they wanted to, you know, they didn't want to take user choice away. Uh, there are scenarios where you have to use a ping, like if you've got some goofy background, um, some app 
theme customizers. It's essentially so, and this is where like a custom theme would have an advantage because it's designed for one store as opposed to the many. So they have to add this affordance of like, yeah, it has to support pings. When in our own theme, if you try and upload a ping, just converts it to JPEG. Yeah, that's another another thing with our tactical theme is that it is incredibly fast because it goes, I'm smarter than you, and I know what the correct image format to use in this scenario is. And out of the sandbox, you know, uh, it's hard for them. They have such a big user base that, you know, there's a 1% chance that making that decision will ruin somebody's store. You can't do it. So they can't do it, but that means that, uh, larger than 1% of store owners end up ruining their store themselves because they didn't put up the guardrails to protect them. When someone says, my site is slow, Gar- it, 95% of the time, it is one of two things. There's a gigantic image somewhere. The, or, or many gigantic images. Or many gigantic images. Um, or it's just app code on app code on yeah, app code. It's just, just crufty, crufty, crufty. They just, yeah, they just... Like just, barnacles to a ship. They just, every app that they saw was a magic bean and they needed to put it on their store and it would guaranteed make them more money they thought that's the allure of the app stores like man there's all these apps are so cool if i just get the right one or the right combo of them it's like the the slot machine the store's just gonna start printing money Mm -hmm. and it isn't the case but i get where it's like it is so seductive to go through it and start messing with them and there's a lot of really cool apps there's apps I'm like, oh, man, I wish I'd thought of that. That doesn't imply to our apps, though. Our apps are magic beans that will <laughs> print money for your store. So, yes, look up uh, Crowdfunder, while supplies last. <laughs> What's the third one? Ship timer. Ship timer, yeah. Ship if timer. you intel- install those three on your store, you will print money. Well, that's like <laughs> perfor- because of that, deve- that theme development experience, when we built those apps, they really are very um, performance-oriented. Oh, yeah. Like, that's my hobby horse. Uh, you know, my my. Dad's really into golf, and I hate golf, much to his chagrin. But uh, stored. But you're most proud of your golf. I'm most proud of resort my golf. Well, because the golf resort people trusted me, and were like, "Yeah, you can install your private theme on our store, and it's going like gangbusters." Damn it! Uh, but yeah, uh, store performance is my golf because I just want to get that score lower. Yeah. All right. Talk to me about common customizations. Like you, so there's a lot of stuff. Um, like. Probably like a lot of the work you do is, hey, we've got an existing theme. We've got a successful store. Now we want to start testing and tuning. We've got ideas for optimizations. And my favorite ones are the ones just based on not just like, let's try a thing because it's cool. It's customers are having this issue. Let's try this design tweak to mitigate that. Um, But off the top of your head, are there any recent ones you liked uh, or some common ones that you often do? I know we were setting up a store for someone and you were, there were, um, there were some customizations you were just making because you're like, I know these are going to get requested. Um, well, one that we do all the time uh, and is a default built in on our on our theme is a shipping countdown inside the cart page. So if it's you know if the threshold to get free shipping is a hundred bucks, there will be a calculator in there that says you're only twenty seven dollars away from free shipping, and that is dynamic and will count down depending on how much much stuff they have in their cart. And the I mean, shipping calculator. The shipping calculator. Yeah. And that's really good for pushing them over the edge to add that extra 20 bucks to their cart. Bump the so average order get, value. So they can get the free shipping. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, um, I think a bit, I think this isn't so much a theme customization by me, but it's a thing you've been doing a lot lately that I think is really right, is really getting into people's main navigations. And the main navigation is like shop with a drop down. And then about us, our locations, contact us our story, picture of my dog, and all this other stuff. <laughs> and it's like, 
you say I hear you say it on the phone all the time, and I love it. It's like, hey, what's the point of this store for people to buy things? Okay, why is one of the six things on your main navigation about people buying things? Yeah, like your navigation should be entirely about people buying things, and maybe one thing on it is not about buying things. Yes, and yeah. that the heat mapping completely justifies that and backs it up, but the store owners didn't see it that way because the st- to the store owner. Those things are all equally important. It, those things are equally important because this, it's the store owner's life. It's their story. It's their. It's important to them, but they can't, because they're so in the weeds on it, they can't realize it's not maybe as important to their users. Yeah, the user doesn't care. The user is a narcissist. They're just like, all right, how does this pertain? And they should be. How does this pertain to me? And get me in and out of here. And if this is all frustrating, I'm just going to go back to Google and find someone who yeah. has a better navigation. They're like, I want this shirt. How much does it cost? How do I get it in my house as quickly as possible? Those are the only things they care about. Everything yes. should just be That's answering like one of those three questions. Our mission. Yeah. Like, oh, good. Your mi- our mission. Our values. Yeah. Our, yeah. It's like, oh, our story. you donate to abandoned cats with cat leukemia. It's like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. I want to buy a thing. Just let me buy it. Yeah. Get out of my way. Stop <laughs> putting roadblocks up. Um, and hey, donate to those cats. All right. Well, the abandoned cat, cats. Cat leukemia is a very horrible disease, and I do I do give fifteen percent of my income to cat leukemia charities. Good. The multiple cat <laughs> leukemia charities. Um, any other common customizations? I like the navigation one. Um, any others? Swatches, product swatches on the we product do, pages. We do that all the time. We did. A, you just did a cool one yesterday for tactical baby gear. What was that? Uh, another big one I do all the time is replacing hero images with giant hero videos. And they're like quick, easy videos. It's like it would be an animated GIF. But again, going back to performance, animated GIFs are huge files that take a very long time to load. Whereas HTML5 video is a much, much, much smaller file and easier to work with. So it's just like muted and it just plays on a loop. And it's just a cool little animation you could have on your page that adds some energy to it and makes it look nicer. Everyone that always blows everyone's minds whenever we put that in. So you use instead of um, using HTML5 video, you're uploading it to the file section on the Shopify store, and then autoplay muted. You can even hide the controls. So from the user's perspective, it's basically an incredibly high quality animated GIF, yeah. like functionally, um, but it's it's video. Yeah, but it's, it's one tenth fra- the size. It, yeah, a fraction of what video or GIF would be. Oh, so long as we're on. The topic of video. Also, you also store owners don't do that yourselves. You need to know how Handbrake works, which is a video encoding program. Talk to me about to encoding really video. To crunch those videos down. Enco- I mean, videos can be gigantic. They could be like they could be three gigs. Uh, you know, the one we put on Tactical Baby Gear yesterday, uh, when Beeve gave it to us, it was thirty megabytes, and then the version I ended up putting up on the store was two megabytes. So, I mean, and that's all about video encoding. You need to re-encode the video. And what do you use to encode the video? I use software called Handbrake, which is very which is very well supported. We, we love Handbrake. We Who did love the website? Handbrake. We did Handbrake's website for them eight years ago. It's still we, up, though. We did it for free. because it still looks good. Yeah, we did it for free because we love the project, and we donated our time to get their website up and help them out with it. Uh, it is the standard video encoding program. And you just got to learn how to use the quality controls and poke at it and make it good for the web and all this other stuff. You kind of got to be well-versed in it. You can't just walk through and get it going. Uh, walk me through. What, uh, what, are there any apps that you absolutely would avoid where you're like, this thing is going to turn, is like driving a flaming dumpster through your theme code? Uh, what's one? Oh. Why is a shit show never put on your store? <laughs> 
it adds classes and other snippets of code to literally every single piece of code on your store and makes your code unreadable until the end of time. Bloody also, I don't even think it works that well. Uh, it's we've seen it break things for sure. Why people are gonna come after us? But yeah, why's garbage? Don't use it. Oh God. Uh, also, I you just right, cut that out and just re-record <laughs> it to purely the facts. <laughs> if I adds a bunch of classes to your store that could create problems. Uh, also, uh, oh, terrible. No, we can't do this. <laughs> we can't just throw a bunch of theme developers under the bus. I'm Julie gonna, has a rule with her podcast. I'm going to keep it out. I'm just going to beep the names. Okay. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, Julie's rule is you can't say anything negative in the podcast at all. That's no fun. No one wants to listen to a bunch of people bitching. Yeah, no. It's hard truths, man. They're here for the truths. That's when I'm, when I'm a guest, you get the truth. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, what else? That's, uh, that's all my questions. I don't know. You want to pimp, I, I, pimp the theme more? Oh, I think it's pimped. I don't think I pimped it that hard. Yeah, I think it's pimped. Oh, shut up. What's the one thing you wish every store owner would do? Hire us. <laughs> uh, yes, works for me. <laughs> I was a little, little thirsty, but okay. Oh, I'm thirsty as shit, man. I got to buy a house. That's all I got. <laughs> I need a closing question. Where can people go to learn more about you? Uh, EtherCycle.com. There you go. And you can hire us, which is the main thing I want here. If I have a question for you, how can I get a hold of you? You don't. You contact Kurt. I don't want to talk to you. There you go. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. One final note before we go. I wanted to remind you about the one Shopify theme my agency has used more than any other. It's called Turbo by Out of the Sandbox. And as its name implies, it's built for speed. But that's not why I love it. I love it because it's the most configurable, feature-packed theme for Shopify today. Features like predictive search, easy mega menus, infinite scrolling collections, and a ton of page templates. Calling it a theme doesn't do it justice. I think of it as a rapid prototyping tool for Shopify stores. And I've got a special offer for you. You can get it today at a 20% discount when you use the code PODCAST20. You can even try it for up to two weeks, and if you don't love it, Out of the Sandbox will give you a full refund. To check it out now, go to ethercycle.com turbo and use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's ethercycle.com turbo. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, the unofficial ShopifyPodcast.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including some details you might have missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors. Please support our show by supporting them, and thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, and produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at ethercycle.com. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.